This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Angel Witch will release their fifth full-length album, Angel of Light, via Metal Blade Records. Angel Witch's 1980 eponymous debut on Bronze Records created shockwaves that would resonate throughout the nascent realms of thrash, doom, and death metal. Now, nearly four decades later, the band remains custodians of a style that transcends era and archetype. Purchase your copy of Angel of Light by Angel Witch now at metalblade.com slash Angel Witch. Once again, Angel Witch. Angel of Light. Go to metalblade.com slash Angel Witch today. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, friends out there. Is that your host, Petra Spych? I'm always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn. You got that, you son of a bee? You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Mr. Han Comedy. And... Why are you censoring yourself? Huh? Why are you censoring yourself? I don't know, bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I, 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 no, I'm sorry. That. No, you're keeping okay. that. We're, we're, I'm not Take responsibility. I'll take, oh, man. Now, now we know how you talk to people. Yeah. It's, it's fight night in Vegas, but first it off... Is. I'm geared up. Who else is joining us real quick? Sylvia. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at It's the Sylvia. She's such an angel, by the way. Angel With is an a. the best yeah. way to Not describe. Not a B word, an A word. Who is sitting next <laughs> to me on the left. Uh, and also, guys, always follow Jocelyn Sharp. J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow me at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. This week, we are talking to none other than Josh Rand from Stone Sour. We're here to promote their new live album, Hello You Bastards, live in Reno, which is coming out, guys, December 13th. As we mentioned, the reason Brandon called Sylvia a (laughs) B-word, and you did directly. I believe the word is bitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's because it's fight night in Vegas. It is fight night. (laughs) Is that why you guys are a little bit riled up? I'm I'm, I'm packed full of of, uh, rage. We're all going to Wilder Ortiz 2 tonight at the MGM Grand. I'm packed full of toxic masculinity right now. Uh, Anybody got it. It's what it is. That listens to the show knows that I am a boxing diehard. An enthusiast. It is time time (laughs) for me and the gooch here. If we may. Oh, the old gooch. Old gooch. Old gooch. <laughs> retired gooch. No, I'm still gooch. God <laughs> damn it. The retired gooch to watch boxing tonight. But because we are celebrating the new Stone Sour live record, what we wanted to do this week is give you guys another music episode and give you the... Because Stone Sour is an iconic band, we feel. The 10 most iconic live albums, right, from bands that are iconic that doesn't get the um, credit, I guess. So it's almost like the B-sides of iconic bands doing iconic albums. I'm going to say right now, these live records to me, we're going to play 10 for them, which is a lot, okay, okay, are better than the ones that are iconic. Now, obviously, there's records that everybody needs to... If, if you're a rock and metal guy, you need to own certain live records. Kiss Alive, Motorhead, No Sleep Till Hammersmith, uh, Iron Maiden, Alive After Death, Metallica, Live, Shit, Binge, and Purge. These are are like you need to have them, right? Uh, Nirvana and Alice in Chains Unplugged. I I was going to say you need to include those two. Fucking A. All right, dude. We can have a debate here. I'm not a fan of the Unplugged records. I'm I'm just being true. Well, your brain is small. My brain has always been small. It's super, super small. How do you not love 
Alice in Chains Unplugged. Uh, okay, Alice in Chains Unplugged, I love more than Nirvana Unplugged. Am I allowed to say that? Okay, you're well, no, allowed yeah, to fine. say that. Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to like tase your vagina like we were watching. <laughs> yeah, Sylvia showed us a video <laughs> of some woman taking a taser to her she own. she was feeling herself. She was dancing. She had the music behind her and she was like, yeah. yeah and then, and then she, she, ta- the taser. she grabs a real taser and puts it right on her box and you just see her legs just all up in the air and then she passes out. She passes like, out. She rolls off the bed and passes out, which I has nothing to do with metal music. I know for a yes. fact listeners love inside jokes that we just shared together. Yes. Spoken. There you go. I just want to make sure that they're in on it. So if there's any more tasing vagina jokes on the horizon, they're going to know. Because mm-hmm. we consider everybody friends. We, we, we told you guys we've got fight night tonight and we told them that we're Watch the video with Sylvia. We're bringing them the into our lives, Pete. This is called uh, attaching this, yourself this, to the audience. And this angel bitch to the left of me, whoever you called her the B word, I called her an angel. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm on your left. Wait, no, I'm not. Never mind. Well, wow. that, that was important. Mm. Wow. <laughs> God, it's fight night, guys. It's toxic. No, I'm not. Just... Toxic masculinity mixes up my left and right. You know, it's, it's, it's fight night, guys. It's fight night, guys. It's fight night in Vegas. It's you don't night, understand guys. if you're not from here. Yeah, it's fight night in Vegas. For tasing vaginas, we're getting ready. Okay. Heavyweight fight night. Heavyweight That's a fight big night. deal. Okay, we haven't had heavyweight fight night in a long time. And here's time. the thing, like Deontay Wilder, I can only, mm. I, the way he punches somebody, I can only liken it to... Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason takes Manhattan where he punches the guy's head <laughs> off his shoulders and rolls down a oh, fire wow. escape into a dumpster and then the dumpster shuts. The only part of that movie worth watching is when Jason, the guy's like, all right, the guy beats up Jason like 15 times and he's like, all right, give me your best shot. And Jason takes his head yeah, off. Just punches Perfect. his head right off. Yeah. See, that's what, it, yeah. It, yeah. And I can't stop yeah. saying yeah because okay. that, that scene it's is like, so yeah. it just it, it takes my words to our list before I interview guys with Josh Rand of Stone Sours hang in there 10 most iconic records from iconic bands not small bands that yeah. we think everybody needs to own number one on my list is Soilworks Live in the Heart of Helsinki it was released in 2015 guys it was right after the record The Living Infinite this record is a must own double disc it's got every song you want to hear they fucking nail it here's a track off that one spectrum of eternity
Thank you. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Our song of the night is called I'm Broken. I'm having a good time. Yeah.
much. We fucking love you, man. We'll see you next time. Smoke fucking dope. The song you just heard is from, we talk about this in an interview, probably the, my favorite live album growing up, dude. Pantera, official live, 101 proof. Now, I feel like this is an iconic record, but for some reason, all my friends never really gave me the impression that they gave a shit about this live record. Is that is what about you? What do you think about the Pantera live record? I'm not, I'll be honest with you. I've never been like a live record type of guy. I like yeah. listening to the albums. I like because I don't know. I just like listening to the production work, and sometimes mm. it gets lost. There's a lot of there's a lot of background noise out there that totally no. Awesome. I no. I no. You we're on the same page. Yes. Oh, you fucking unplugged fans, right, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let Look, me hear that shit, Nirvana. Do it with the fucking acoustic. Look, fuck you guys. When I hear a studio album, it grabs me by the shirt and punches my head off into a dumpster. Okay, well, and that's what... The, the dumpster closes. And the dumpster closes. That's what, li- <laughs> that's what live albums do to me. Okay. I prefer live albums most of the time when it's a... When it's a... Like, you know how there's greatest hits records? Fuck that. Live record. Put your songs on there. Let me hear it. But Unbroken is what you guys heard. I'm sure everybody knew that. That record is flawless if you don't have that. The next song we're going to play for you guys is is from a band, Opeth. And this is my favorite live album of theirs. It is the Roundhouse Tapes. Guys, let's jump into this track. This is from 2007's live record, When. Yeah. 
Sucks podcast. Don't remember where I was. I realized life was a game. More serious after things, the harder the rules became. I have no idea what it cost. My life passed before my eyes. Found out how little I accomplished all my plans tonight. Soon as you read this, no more friends.
And the song you just heard is from my favorite Megadeth live record. I think this Megadeth live record is the perfect live record. If you guys haven't heard of that, this one is called That One Night Live in Buenos Aires. Did I say that right? No. Say it for me. <laughs> say it for me. Say it for me. Buenos Aires. Ah. Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. God, yes. you're so white. I, and Gooch is learning how to speak Spanish, so he's he's going to be the second Spanish. <laughs> Hell speaker. yeah. Old I Gooch. Ask. Old Gooch. Old Gooch. At Mr. Han Comedy. At Mr. Han Comedy. Oh, I'm sorry, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon. Yes. Dude. Ten years I've been calling you Gooch. Hey, you could call, everybody could call me. It's, I'm sorry. 20 everybody, years I've been calling you Brandon. Everybody <laughs> pretends like calling me Gooch is like calling me the N-word. It's not, all right? It's just an old nickname. No, Take it I'm easy. trying to make the transition from Gooch to Brandon. No, keep it that way. I want... Shut up. All right, go Pete. Take it away. <laughs> take was, it away. That was a tout le monde. Did I say that right? I don't know. Tout le monde. A tout le monde. A tout le monde. That record, live in Buenos Aires, is perfect. That is the greatest Megadeth live record out there. I know it's not the one everybody talks about. Rude Awakening is the one. That's the one you need to own. Okay, guys. Next song we're going to play, probably my favorite live record band of all time, Iron Maiden. Okay. Me and Josh, we talk about this for a long time, but my favorite Iron Maiden live record is Rock in Rio. After Bruce came back and they put out their best record of all time, that's right, Brave New World. I said it. I meant best it. Best record of all time. I said it. All I right. meant it. I'm taking I over it. as host of this show. I'm taking over as host of the show from oh, now on. Right. This is the first song on the greatest record Iron Maiden ever put out of all time, and that is The Wicker Man. Check it.
And with that, guys, now that you got not one, not two, not three, but five records that we think you need to listen to, let's jump into our interview with Josh Rand from Stone Sour. Everybody, what's going on? It's Petter on the Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I got Josh Rand from Stone Sour. We're here to talk about the new live record, Hello You Bastards, live in Reno. It's coming out December 13th, guys. Josh, let's start with the the live album to me is such an important piece to a rock and roll band. So tell me about the timing and reason to document this specific tour. Um, well, actually, I'll start it out with the initial plan was for us to record on our uh, Russia tour. And the equipment came in a couple of days earlier. And our TM slash front of house guy ended up hooking it up, just wanted to test on it at the Reno show and didn't tell any of us and he recorded the show. And um, the next day he's like, hey, guys, I recorded last night's show. Uh, you want to check it out? And we're like, yeah. And we listened to it back and uh, we were all pretty uh, stoked with the performance of everything. And, and the idea of, you know, we had no idea. So we didn't have that pressure of, hey, we're... Um, we're recording or anything and it, you know, <clears throat> the way that it sounded is exactly like what you hear. And, uh, we just decided we should put this out and not do anything to it. Leave it exactly like it is a hundred percent, uh, raw and live with no overdubs or anything. You know, we just tried to figure out things to do, on, you know, for our fans on the downtime while Corey's and whatnot. So, you know, in the past, we did the cover records, and this time around, we decided um, to do the live record. Nice, dude. Yeah, and uh, that's actually really cool. So, an accidental kind of setup, but it was a planned thing. So, did you guys, so you never went to record the show in Russia that was originally planned because it turned mm-hmm. out so actually, well? Well, what ended up actually happening is, you know, definitely ended up being a follow-up. We ended up taking the year the Russian tour dates, but, um, you know, we don't fly with our own PA and all that stuff, and so we actually had some technical difficulties over there, so it was a good thing that the Reno show actually was recorded, because we wouldn't have been able to record over there once we got over there. There was a ton of noise that was going into, you know, into the system, and it was it became a nightmare for our front of house engineer. And actually all the recordings are just not very good from a quality standpoint. So it was, I guess it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, that's how life works out right there. <laughs> perfect example. Yeah. Plan, 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 live. Perfect. You know, that's, that's the way it goes. I love that, man. So one thing I did like about the package too, is you guys are doing a limited edition vinyl run. It's got uh 2,500 copies available, but it does come with a lot of stuff, man. Backstage pass, um, a guitar pick, autographed set list, all that stuff. Tell me about uh, this cool limited package that you're doing for the fans. Okay. Well, I collect vinyl. I'm actually a collector, period. Um, and so going into this, um, kind of like was my baby a year and a half ago. I was like, when we do this live record, um, I just want to make sure that people get 
most out of their dollar, you know, or for it. And, um, you know, I just started working on ideas of what could go in it. But not prices so far out of range that, you know, you're pricing your fans. I wanted to make sure it was affordable. And, um, you know, made some calls to some people regarding, like, having the guitar pick made in the past. And then then I conned everybody into uh, the fine set list, which they loved me for. (laughs) (laughs) We spent an entire, like, half a day off. took us, like, four and a half hours to sign all those set lists. But I was like, hey, it's going to be cool. Uh, You know, nobody really does this. And when they do, they want to charge astronomical amounts for it. I was like, all this extra stuff, um, you know, I was really hands-on with, with the companies. Um, and everybody basically, the idea with this, with this package is, is, honestly, the band's not making anything. They we're basically paying for everything to be uh, produced and put out, you know. Um, so I'm extremely proud of it. And, uh, you know, it... If, if I was to say anything, it's more of a tip to to Kiss. Uh, you know, when I was a kid in the 70s, you know, all their vinyl came with all the extra stuff. Um, so kind of just uh, built off of that and ran with it. With, like I said, with the idea of I had a price point um, when talking to cooking vinyl of I don't want it to be more than $40. And at first, everybody thought I was crazy, but we ended up making that happen, So, which is awesome. So it's basically a thank you to all our diehard fans uh, for that. I think that the one thing about you, the Stone Sour Camp that I think is really great is that you guys, as you said, you know, we as fans, we want to have Stone Sour, we want to have Slipknot, and we know that Corey Taylor's a very busy guy, but when he does the downtime thing, you guys always find something that's very worth it you know like the the cover records the you know, straight out of burbank those yeah. are super vital they're great you guys challenged yourselves with these songs you know like um outshined and then my favorite was unchained but like that's something fans want and in the meantime there's always something really cool this record's fantastic like i love live records you know i think it's it's almost the one i always go to because back in the day a lot of people don't realize is that now we have shuffles, we can make our own set lists, but back in the day, like when you had a live mm-hmm. record, that's like the band saying, this is what we want to give you guys from all our lives. You know what I'm saying? And um, mm-hmm. it was it's kind of a really special thing. So as you were mentioning growing up with the Kiss records, and we all know Kiss Alive is like almost a landmark record for us metal and hard rock kids, but what is the live record that you think you played the most? Oh, hands down, live after death. It's not even close for me. Nice. I mean, I, I have. I mean, there's a ton of bands that I. I'll obviously touch on Kiss Live and Live Two, um, Decade of Aggression by Slayer, like you know, Benjamin Purge, Metallica. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's it's Live After Death. I love I, every song on that. I love the intensity of it. Um, yeah. To me, it's if yeah. I was to tell anybody, and I know that you can't say talk, you know, technically say it's like you know a studio album. But if I was, if somebody hadn't heard Iron Maiden and you gave them one record, hands down, that would be the record I would give. 
that's the best compliment you can um, say. That's 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 what I do with my Judas Priest friends. I'm like, okay, you never heard? Here's Unleashed in the East. Oh yeah, yeah, take it. This is all you yeah, need. I mean, yeah, I, for, yeah. I okay. forgot about Priest Live too. I mean, so I mean, yeah, there's a ton of them, but just for me personally, um, it's it's made. Yeah, dude. That DVD I got um, a years ago too, and I know it was on VHS originally. People I know, but I got it on DVD. But um, I mean, it's almost when you get the visual to it as well. It, it makes you. That's the one thing about Made oh, It, though. In 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 just hindsight, they do live records every cycle, and I always choose those over the studio records in my catalog when I want to listen to them. Every single time, dude. I remember the Final Frontier, and when they did the, it was a Rio one after that, or was it Rio? I can't remember. But mm-hmm. anyways, I always choose the live records. They are one of those bands that have mastered that for the fans because the live records always package really well. Because we were talking about um, live shit binge and purge, and um, from Metallica, for people that don't know what we're talking about, but it, this is it was when it came out. It came out in a box set, and you had like the three VHSs and like three discs, and then you had a little book. It was a really, really, really well done thing by Metallica. But there was an eighteen minute like mm-hmm. Jason Newstead guitar solo on there, and then it's followed up with Kirk Hammett. Do you remember that track? Uh, no, I skipped it. Uh, how you skipped it? Oh man, <laughs> and I mean. And they're my favorite band, so I mean, um, yeah, I, I mean, some of the doodle stuff on that, well, I actually know what it is, it's, it's isn't it Seek and Destroy, where yeah. they cut him loose? Yeah, yeah, they let him, um, exactly. on that. yeah. And it's like, it, it is, you're right, it's like 18 minutes, Seek and Destroy, I think, is like 18 minutes on that, and, uh, yeah, um, but, you know, that was how it went down, and that's what they were doing. I mean, they, they captured, I guess, what they were doing at that point. And when they made that decision on that tour is when they decided not to have an opening act, so they were having to play two and a half hours. Like you guys even seem to do on this record, is just like, we're going to give you guys the moment. I think that's really cool in a way. Um, but there's got to be songs on the set list of this new record, the new live album, that you like wish was on the set list. What songs do you wish you could have had on this presentation that didn't, didn't weren't part of that tour? Well, I mean, for me, I mean, just because I'm basically a founding member, so I mean, there's stuff, there's older stuff, mm-hmm. especially since you like you touched on it being the first live record that um, we didn't put on there. You know, we didn't play. Um, I love playing, uh, for instance, Hell and Consequences off of Come Whatever May. I think it translates as a great live song. Um, you know, uh, what's another one that we didn't, you know, we started adding Cold Reader from the first album, which is once again, another great live song. Um, so it, it's, it's hard for me cause it's like once once you build somewhat of a decent-sized catalog, it's like, well, what don't you put on there? What do you put on there? What does everyone want to hear? What doesn't? Because there's a fine line there um, of what I think you put on there and what you don't, you know. For instance, uh, you know, once you get in so far into your career, you know, most people want to hear the old, you know, older stuff. But when you're putting on new music, so uh, you have to make that decision of what songs should be on there. It's 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 tricky. You can either play the Steve Harris role, which is, hey, we're putting on new records, so we're playing these songs, and that's what it is. Or, you know, you, you play the heritage type thing of just playing 
back catalog stuff. So I think with this record, the one thing that did surprise me, um, and didn't I didn't realize until after we started putting the record together, is uh, we have no songs from Audio Secrecy on there, which I thought was kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, so I guess if 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 I have to pick a song now that I think about it, I think Say You Hump. Yeah, I was just about to say I scanned it. That's the first song I looked for. I'm like, is Say You Hump? No, okay. <laughs> so, that's crazy that you said that. Yeah. What, what what was a live show that you saw growing up that you wish was a live album that was released? That's a hard one because like all my favorite bands basically put those records out. Going off of that, I mean, like for instance, Metallica. Um, you know, I got to see them three times in the pit on the Black album. But I mean, we talked about Benjamin Purge being recorded in Mexico City, so. Um, yeah, I don't. That's a tough one. I don't know, honestly. I can't think of. I mean, there's not. I mean, we put out basically a raw like sushi for each record. Um, maybe Rage. Oh, dude, I do have a live DVD. Good one. Yeah, of theirs, and no, I don't think I don't, probably was. I don't know if they released it on record, but there was a live at the Grand Olympia Auditorium or something that they put out. Wow. Like, I've seen them live, and I'm excited for their reunion tour, man, for sure. But, uh, yeah. Well, hopefully it's proper. Yes. I don't know if they've released any dates. I've only seen four dates, and I'm mm. like, hopefully this isn't a warm-up for Coachella, and then they're out. Because I think they did that before, where they only played, like, yep. a couple of shows, which were basically, like, warm-up shows for them to play Coachella or whatever, Coachella, back in 2012 or something. So hopefully we get a proper, uh, they do a proper run. I agree. And I do remember that they only did festivals. So it was kind of like a special thing, but there wasn't just, I think they might've done a couple of hometown shows, but very few, like you said, have you seen rage? Did you see them in the bat in the past? Yeah, actually I got to see them at download in the UK, which was insane. They kept having to stop the show because the crowd kept breaking the barricade, like every song. It got to the point where Zach actually had to address the crowd like they were ready to stop the show. Mm. Where he's just like, you guys got to mellow out. I haven't seen a pit like that. And I've seen, a, I mean, I've been in some pits. <laughs> and I've seen, I mean, over the years, and their, their crowd over there was insane. I've never seen anything like this. I, I think that just goes to those songs we talked about it. Like those songs, that, and there's just an energy that you lose control on when they when they do that. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's just there's something about like me. I relate anger in my youth to that band. <laughs> like so, it's like yeah. when I hear, no, I hear a, yeah, right. So it's like there's there's bands that you're like, no, no, that like that's what got to me. That's where it, it triggered you, and. um Rage yeah. did that for a lot of us, man, the way they put it out, because nothing came out like that. So fingers crossed on that proper tour, man. That would be something special. Again, you know, I, I'm being honest. I'm not going to go to Coachella to see them. Um, but, uh, you know, if they were coming near, I'd, I'd probably consider it for sure on this time around. But, you know, are you, are you going to get to check them out or no? Um, I won't go to Coachella either. Hopefully yeah. they... Uh, Hopefully they actually do a proper tour because I'm in Des Moines. So the closest place for me is like 
El Paso, which mm-hmm. would actually be insane, I have a feeling. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, they get a little bit closer. Going back to the to, to the record now, did you guys in the past record a lot of uh, live albums per the cycles, or was this kind of just something that you planned on this album cycle? Um, I, I came up with the idea of doing it just because of going in the, the downtime, Rock Corys and Slipknot, and I knew that we wouldn't be recording a covers EP, so it was like, well, we haven't done a live record. And, uh, you know, we're really having a lot of fun out here. So it just made sense for us to do it, you know. I said it initially it was the idea was to record in Russia, but for whatever reasons, uh, it didn't happen. And thank God our TM recorded that Reno show and it came out the way that it did. Otherwise, uh, it might not have been putting out a live record. <laughs> With that, though, when the writing process for Stone Sour, for you, how does it work? Because I know creative people have to stay creative. So when you have to kind of take a little pockets off, do you just keep writing songs that you want to present for the next record, or do you wait until it's kind of the time that people will listen? No, I try to... A lot of times I write in spurts. Um, It's not necessarily that... uh, I want to do that, but it just, that's just what happened. Like, um, I'll mess around and if something sticks, then I'll run with it. Um, you know, sometimes I might mess around with stuff for months and I might not get anything that I really like. And then, uh, other times I've knocked out several songs in a week. Um, but I try to just stay creative and, um, it's gotten a little bit easier for me as I've gotten older because I, I'm more into the experimentation of stuff and uh, not so narrow-minded as I was when I was younger. Um, so it's a lot more fun whether I use the stuff or not uh, to write now. So that's how it usually happens for me. Is and then and then when we get close to firing up to do a new record, then usually Corey will reach out to me and be like, "Send me over everything you got." And that's where it starts. And then once we, the two of us, get a song in place musically and lyrically where we want it, um, then then it's turned over to the other guys, and we build it from there. Nice, dude. And now you guys were opening for Ozzy on his last tour, but it got canceled. And then obviously it took a lot longer to reschedule. Are you upset that you didn't get to mm-hmm. to do that tour? Well, I mean, we only missed out, um, I think, on three shows. Uh, for me, though, it was, I wanted to play the Hollywood Bowl. I feel like possibly that would have been the only chance, realistically, to play that place since it's so massive. Um, so I was a little bit bummed, but, um, you know, could have been worse. It could have been the beginning of the tour. So and to be able to play, I think we did. 30 shows before we canceled those last couple. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, she still sounds great. I mean, and now I just watched an interview with him and he looks and the best that he has, I think, in quite a while. He looks rested and recharged and ready to go. It's crazy. 
Now, like when you have a when you're on a tour like that, and obviously Zach Wild's a great personality, great guitar player. Do you um, actually like talk? Do you do guitar talk with guys like him and try to like figure things out on your own, or do you just kind of follow your own groove? Um, I'll ask questions. Um, for the most part, I kind of do whatever, but uh, when it comes to that, over the years, I've learned that if I'm curious on something. I have no problem with asking. Um, and it's, everybody's been cool uh, when it comes to that. I mean, that's how you, you learn. If you don't ask questions, you're not going to learn. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and Zach was amazing um, when it came to that. And, um, you know, with him, it, it was more of just learning his setup and kind of the routine. Of, that's the biggest thing for me is trying to see guys that have been doing it for as long as he has at the level that he has is kind of what's your guys' practice routine at this point in your life? That's where I get really curious as much as the, you know, what gear are you possibly using? Is there something that you checked out that I should check out? So yeah, I, I definitely gear talk with, with everybody that we tour with when it comes to guitar stuff. Who do you think gave you the best advice throughout your career? I think it would probably be probably Steve I. Mm. And it's been it's been years. It's like two thousand five. Just you know, just be yourself and play where play what makes you happy and and uh, don't be afraid to step out of the box. With that, Josh, man, I want to thank you so much for calling in. I want to tell everybody one more time the new live record from Stone Sour, guys. Hello, you bastards. Live in Reno. It's coming out December 13th, guys. Make sure you pre-order it. Again, the vinyl, as we talked about it, it's going to have real special packaging. You're going to get a live set list signed by everybody in the band, all that stuff. And you did mention you're a collector of vinyls. Can I ask you a quick question about that? What are some of your prized collections in your vinyl collection? Oh, uh, well, for the most part, uh, I collect Metallica, so I have a ton of stuff. I think if I was to pick one piece, um, it would either be the messed up version of Ride the Lightning that actually was printed in France green instead of blue in 84, or the uh, Glow in the Dark uh, Fade to Black radio single that they sent out in 84. Wow, dude. Do you have these like in really good condition or no? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm crazy. I actually, I know, um, like when I tell people, it's like I have, I think it's 16 or 17 copies of Creeping Death in 1984. They're all official, different pressings. Nice. And I still don't have all of them. With their stuff, I'm constantly, if I find one that's in better condition than what I already have, then I'll get it and I'll just. But anymore, I've gotten everything to almost probably, you know, near mint condition. Now, what's the most, what do you think the most, uh, I guess, expensive one that you may have in your collection? I, I have a Beatles butcher cover that's, yeah, that's the uh, yesterday and today where the initial cover was them with the, uh, they're dressed up as butchers holding the, the raw meat and stuff that's in the record label rejected so then they sent them back 
they slapped a sticker over it because they figured that was the most cost-effective way to fix the problem. So they go anywhere from a uh, thousand bucks to I think one that was sealed or not sealed, but in pristine condition. They sold for like thirty-five thousand dollars last year, or something crazy. That, that sounds like an awesome, awesome thing to do to, to collect vinyl. I, I'm, I might, uh, I might start doing that late in life, man, because I love that. And do you play them? Obviously, something like that, you're just going to leave. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you do play? No, them? I mean, the, I play everything. Nice. I even played my Butcher's Beetle. I cleaned it up and played it. Yeah, I play everything. When I'm at home, that's the way, what I prefer to. Uh, my preferred way of listening to music is vinyl. I think it sounds a hundred times better than digital format. Dude, agreed. Stuff breathes. Yeah, agreed across the board on that. So with that, everybody, one more time, make sure you're picking up the vinyl copy of the new Stone Sour record. Hello, you bastards! It's live in Reno. It's coming out December thirteenth, and like I said, he's going to keep it under forty dollars, which is really cool. As always, you guys always take care of the fans. Josh, I want to thank you so much, dude, for calling in to the Metal Sucks podcast. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Is that the fucking way you want it out there, baby?
haters and fakers.
guys. First song you heard is off the new record by Stone Sour Guys. Hello, you bastards, live in Reno. That is absolute zero. Make sure you guys are pre-ordering and picking this one up. And the song you heard after that is off another record that I think everybody needs to own that doesn't get the credit. A great live record. That's by Gojira. That record is called The Flesh Alive, and that song is called Ouroboros. Sylvia? Ouroboros. 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 I'm yeah. looking at you. What are you... Tr- Ouroboros? Ouroboros. Do I roll the R? I don't... <laughs> All I know is, is that album... I'm so lost. Just That album, Tases Vaginas, it's taken names. Oh, I... Th- Back to the inside joke callback. Tasted Vaginas. Tasing. It's Tasing oh. Vaginas. It's probably it's done both. Names. Wow. Let's be honest. It's Gojira. 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 Mm-hmm. All right, guys. All right. Ne- <laughs> next, <laughs> next record you must own, if you're a fan of live music like I am myself, is from... Uh, well, I'll just say it. My favorite black metal band of all time, Emperor. This is live in furrow from Whacking Open Air, guys. Check this out. This is from the 2009 record, and this is them playing With Strength I Burn. With Strength I Burn! Ah! 
Thank you so much. The Metal Sucks Podcast.
fantastic. Wow, you guys are the best. You know that, right? And the song you just heard, guys, is from the 2009 record released by Dark Tranquility, Where Death Is Most Alive. That is the track therein. That record, another double disc, perfect record, should be considered iconic in every way, shape, or form. Which leads us to the last song we're going to play. And I might be a little bit uh, biased here. Brand you? Brand me? You? Me? Huh? Fight night. Huh? Fight night. Oh, okay. <laughs> Toxic masculinity. I'm oh, ready. Fight night. Oh, Deontay Wilder. Luis Ortiz too. Let's do it. Fight night. Anyways, um, that would be Anthrax's live record with John Bush. Oh, yes. <laughs> See, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was... I- Music of mass destruction in Chicago. is That crowd is amazing. That record is the best Anthrax live presentation you can get. The track we're going to play for you guys... Bush over Belladonna. Oh, that, that's <laughs> all day. Our, that's our team over here. All day. All day. All day. We, we are John Bush fucking diehards but the track we're gonna play is uh and watch you guys change your mind after you hear it what doesn't die
we're back, guys. Those are our 10 most iconic live records from iconic metal bands that have not got the credit for before. Primarily, though, make sure you guys are checking out the news. Or were you just having a stroke I right know. there? What was up with that <laughs> speech pattern? <laughs> Hmm. You okay, man? Do I have a did I have a stroke? Did you guys see me flicker? I know. I'm just did saying. Did you smell like, toast? Is that yeah, exactly? Is this your left arm okay? <laughs> right. You know, Kirk Douglas had a stroke. He's 103, baby. In December, 103, Kirk Douglas. Dude, That's Kirk my Douglas boy. Spartacus. Spartacus crushing it. Fuck yeah. That's what Pete named his penis, by the way. Hard stroke. Way to go. Way, way to throw that really? into the conversation. It's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to no. talk about it. Grant, Silly, you you're angel. Now. Yeah, I, I don't, you I don't, have to. Why did you name it that? It happened in the last 17 or 18. Yeah, why we, did you do we this to me? Because I've never told anybody since the age of high school ages that that, that was the name. Because I remember laughing hysterically when you heard that. He named his Double Ho 7. Double Ho 7. <laughs> I loved it. I, oh. I, I feel weird saying that that's my favorite name. But yeah, Double Ho 7. I, I, I have weird. to say that I officially have blushed in front of Sylvia. Yeah. Because of the Spartacus. <laughs> Spartacus line, man. I'm it's a great movie. You, dude, you know how many people said... It's a great movie and a great oh, dick. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, God. Exactly. No. That the Romans are no. going to be the Romans are going to come looking for Spartacus, and I'm going to have to stand up going, "I'm Spartacus, you're Pete's dick." <laughs> All I have to say is, everybody that loves Braveheart ripped off Spartacus. Absolutely, scene for scene. <laughs> scene for absolutely. Scene. With that, we want to thank everybody for giving us the five star reviews on iTunes, supporting this program, supporting us in general. And no, no matter how ludicrous we are, we know you guys oh, love God. the music episode. She said, "Oh God," <laughs> during my my rant here. <laughs> Mm. I'm leaving this in. Dude. No, no, you have to. Keep it organic. People need to know about this. Keep mm. it organic, buddy. My wife's going to be like, so your dick's named Spartacus? I'm going to be like, shit, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and why does Brandon know? <laughs> <laughs> it's fight night, baby. It's fight night, baby. <laughs> Toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. That's the day yeah. we're just puffing chefs up and want to see someone get knocked out. It's boxing in Vegas, Naming baby. Naming your dicks. Mm, vaginas. <laughs> I'm going to change the name of my dicks. Yeah. By, by vaginas. The, it's and vaginas. Oh, God, I love fight oh, night. Oh, you have to share that video. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to go home and throw a toaster in the tub. Speaking of fight night, this week, guys, we're going to do, <laughs> on another show, Rise to Offend, we're going to do Ronda Rousey. So there's there's a fighter, not toxic masculinity. She she broke a lot of barriers. Toxic that, femininity. Ooh, ah. I don't like that. It doesn't sound good that at all. That doesn't make no, sense. No, gross. Yeah. Is that even a thing? I don't, I don't know. know. Rosie O'Donnell expi- uh, probably is toxic femininity. <laughs> yeah, could be. Could be. With that, thank you guys for the five-star reviews. Everybody. Until next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.